Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Sunraysia is one of the great food bowls of the nation. However, crucial to its success are the estimated 15,000 seasonal workers who pick crops and maintain orchards. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and while the prosperity of the region depends upon these workers, they're usually from overseas, and more often than not, have English as a second language. This can put them on the back foot from everything from finding accommodation right through to getting COVID vaccinations. A new program, though, is helping change that. In the process, it's creating a more stable workforce and it's making the region a destination of choice for seasonal workers. The Pastoral Care Program is run by the Sunraysia Mali Ethnic Communities Council, otherwise known as SMEC. And Corey Idal is coordinator of the program and he joins us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Corey, thanks for your time. Thank you, mate. Very, very happy to be here. Corey, I understand you're from a banking background, but you're doing something quite different now. You've got a nice phrase about banking versus your current work. What is that? Yeah, okay. So for me, the work I do at Smack, you know, it fills up my heart and on my bank account. So for me, you know, people over profits is always um, the way to go. In my world, it has to be that way. It probably wasn't once upon a time, but I've learned so much about life and myself and people first is my mantra, really. It's a wonderful mantra, Corey. And also, you were born and bred literally for generations from that part of the world. You're in Mildura. It sounds like you've got a bit of skin in the game in terms of really helping the town and the community out as well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so my uh, my family sort of roots go back quite a way. My great-grandmother was... Well, I'll have to say, allegedly, the first white person born in the town. She was born a set of twins, and unfortunately, one of the twins never made it. But her father was Dr. Abramowski, who was the first doctor here back in the late 1880s. Quite a unique man. Um, he wrote a book called The Fruititarian Diet. So he wanted everyone to eat fruit and get healthy, probably before his time in the 1880s. But um, he was an interesting man, that's for sure. Well, that's quite a history of giving to the local community. And now you're involved in a project which helps with seasonal workers in the area. Corey, how important are seasonal workers for getting crops off? Look, without seasonal workers, fruit doesn't get picked. It just simply doesn't. There's no other way to say it. You know, we need the farmer to grow and, and, and create the fruit and the veggies, obviously, but without people to assist in, in picking and getting the crops off, the crops don't get off, farmer doesn't get paid, he doesn't spend money in the town, the town doesn't prosper, and so on and so on. So really, without seasonal workers doing what they do in our region yeah our town would be in significant trouble i would have thought so we value what these guys do um immensely i know i do and a few of my mates are are blockies or, or farmers they're the same you know without seasonal workers no fruit gets picked those seasonal workers, I imagine that's a makeup of different backgrounds and nationalities and also different objectives too. Like some, I guess, are backpackers and some are doing this more for, well, this is the way I make a dollar. Yeah, look, absolutely. And the great thing now is that there is work available in, you know, in the Sunraysia district, in Swan Hill as well. There's work available 
Well, I think we've got it down to like 48 to 50 weeks of the year. So effectively, you could come to Mildura during January, start the table grape picking. So that goes through until May, so just finishing now. They have a couple of weeks break and then pruning starts. And pruning runs through till sort of, you know, later in the year, maybe August, September. And then there's um, leaf plucking starts in October. Then, you know, there is work all through. And in in between, that's just table grape. So in between, we've got the citrus that begins in May and runs through till about October. There's dried fruit as well, so there's work available on dried fruit properties. And then the wine grape industry, that's another whole whole separate thing. I mean, that is more mechanised nowadays. What we do know is that the sort of, you know, in the 80s and sort of maybe 90s, that was a European-based sort of workforce, you know, um, the Turkish people, uh, well, Greek people sort of bought properties. But um, now what we have is the Pacific Islander community, and that's Tonga, that's Samoa, that's, you know, all of the, that group of islands. So that's one workforce. And the other is a Southeast Asian primarily. So Thai, Vietnamese, Lao, Cambodian, that's another sort of workforce. And they operate independently of one another, but sort of on the same farm. So uh, I guess what we do also just, just to add in and finish that off is that we have, there's a number of labour hire contractors and they generally, you know, the, the Islander ones will, will hire their own people and the Asian also the same. So, you know, they're operating, I believe there's 70 or 80 or maybe 90 labour contractors registered in our district. So it's quite a lot of people to employ. Uh, maybe five to nine thousand uh, upwards of I don't know I've heard the number fifteen thousand if you include the Robinvale area as well. That's a lot of people needed each year, Corey, to pick produce and maintain plantings and vineyards, etc. What are some of the issues then faced by employers and workers? I would suggest that the main issue right now is accommodation. We simply don't have enough beds to support the labour force that we have. We were very fortunate here at SMEC to be funded for an accommodation facility. So we had an old building. We've got some state government funding, which is, you know, we're so fortunate to have received. And that's now housing. I think right now there's 46 Samoan workers in there. So that's safe, equitable accommodation for seasonal workers. You know, without that, that's sort of, let's say, 50 people that have nowhere to live. And if they were to live somewhere, they were going to end up on a shed floor somewhere. So... There's a new project in the wings, which will hopefully continue that accommodation. Um, but yeah, accommodation, mate, is the biggest issue. There's just a lack, lack of. I imagine there's other issues, though, just even attracting people to the region and then probably language issues as well and cultural issues. What are some of those other things that may be problematic getting people to the area? So within the the pastoral care project, the object was just to get out and meet workers and see what the problems were. So we had two staff in Mildura, two staff in Swan Hill. Initially, they were finding issues, certainly um, communication issues, so language issues. I mean, not being able to, you know, go to Vic Roads and say, oh, my licence is about to expire. How do I get a new one? Or I'm on an international licence. How do I get a a Victorian licence? Things like that. Even as basic things as I don't feel well, I need to go to the doctor. And obviously we know that COVID kicked in in sort of March last year, nearly in line with this project. Sorry, the year before, but we were working through and found that, you know, there were many, many probably COVID-infected sick people on farm that just thought, well, if I don't work today, I'm not going to get paid, so I've got to work. Their object is to come out here for three to six months work hard, get paid, send the money home and go home and, and have a better life. And 
If you're sick, you can't do that. So we found the need for significant support in that COVID space. We decided that we need to start getting people vaccinated. So we, we undertook that ourselves in conjunction with um, our team at AgVic. We said to them, look, we'd like to sort of work on getting people vaccinated because they just weren't, wasn't happening. And ended up just over 2,300 seasonal workers we got vaccinated by getting out and getting on our bikes and finding them and running a vaccination pop-up clinics at SMEC here because we found that a lot of seasonal workers didn't want to go to um, the big community halls and the fancy-looking medical precincts. They didn't want to go there, but they feel comfortable at SMEC. So this has led on to a bigger program, the Pastoral Care Program. So can you describe what that program's doing beyond important projects like COVID? What's its overall brief and what are you doing? Well, we started really just to reach out and connect with seasonal workers and find out if they had any issues and if so how could we help with them that sort of rolled into the COVID element and then beyond that we are really becoming advocates for seasonal workers for things like if you imagine that um, you know you came here a couple of years ago to start working on a table grapes you got your Medicare card your Medicare card expires if you have practically no English how do you go and say oh my Medicare has expired I need a new one So we're doing that sort of thing. We're working really hard in translating a lot of information into different languages and getting it out. So we use social media like um, WhatsApp and there's one called Line, L-I-N-E. That's quite big in the Southeast Asian community. So what we do is we translate information and it might be COVID updates, for example. It might be you no longer need to wear a mask when you go to the supermarket. We translate that. We send that out through our network. One of the my staff has uh, about 300 or nearly 300 people on her WhatsApp group. And in one little message, she can reach 300 people in an instant. Same um, with, my, with a couple of the other workers. So we're info sharing. We're converting information from English into a number of languages and getting it out there. As much as it sounds a simple process, it's, it's not, but um, we've worked really, really diligently on just getting information out there because obviously, well, I believe information is power. So if you know what the rules and parameters are, you can play by those rules and just sort of keep things running smoothly. So, you know, that info share and translation for us is enormous. Corey, you said at the start, you're doing something that fills your heart. What successes have you seen so far? This will tug on the heartstrings, to be honest, but we, one of my uh, workers engaged with a Thai lady who'd had a, a one-year-old child. There had been no connection with the father there with this specific child. In order for that little girl to get a, an Australian birth certificate, she needed her father to sign some documentation who hadn't been in the picture. Our worker contacted him, got him on a video, like a video phone call. It was the first time he'd ever seen his child. He obviously broke down was a fairly emotional moment and there was connection between you know this little one-year-old and the dad who's never seen the child who's living elsewhere in Australia and it was a pretty emotional meeting and the father uh, has now sort of come through he signed all the documentation he's actually now in physical and phone contact with this little girl although mum and dad aren't together the dad and the little daughter are so you know as a result of our one of my staff We've reconnected a dad and a daughter, and to me, that's 
That's amazing. Amazing work and hopefully life-changing for the dad, the mum and the little girl. It is life-changing. And I assume the flow-on from something like that is the people you work with then start to become more integrated to the community and, and connected and stay in the community. And, and that sounds like the core objective. It really is. Mate. I think if we can keep seasonal workers healthy, happy, so, you know, mentally healthy, physically healthy uh, and happy, if we can work on sort of achieving that goal, that then you know, relies on them that they work a little more. They themselves um, make some more money and, you know, their lives also improve. But the productivity on the farm improves and then the farm sort of, you know, rolls into the whole ag industry and then the money that's spent. So it really is at its most basic level. Our goal is to keep people healthy, happy and help them stay in the region because if they stay and they settle down in, in say, Mildura, for example, well, their lives will improve because it is a great part of the world to live in, but also um, they'll help the industry, which then helps the town and, and so on. So it's quite circular. I guess if our client base can work hard and, and, and make a good living, it's all the better for them. Lastly, Corey, what sort of feedback are you getting then from primary producers? Are they seeing that flow on? They are. You know, initially it was pretty hard just to walk on a farm and say, you know, meet the owner and say, oh, we're, we're pastoral care workers from SMEC. We just want to chat to your workers. Initially we got a bit of resistance. But what we actually did, SMEC itself, we run a, a food hub. So we, you know, provide lots and lots of food to people that don't have much. So what we started doing is just taking out some basic, you know, breads and bits and pieces at, at Smoko at sort of nine or ten and saying, hey, here's a bit of Smoko. Can we just sit down and chat with your workers? You know, the farmer then comes in, he brings a cup of tea, there's a, you know, a biscuit or a cake or a, even just a loaf of bread with Vegemite, whatever it was. And we got in that way. We utilised the almighty uh, bit of food, bit of tucker, and connected on. And from that, it started becoming a bit of a thing. You know, we wouldn't just turn up. We'd generally try and contact either the contractor who was running the staff just so they knew because you know, just turning up out of the blue is not really not really a great thing. So, you know, we, we really managed to streamline how we connected to the workers, but also the farmer. I'm in the process of working with a couple of different groups, um, key sort of agricultural bodies to start cultural competency training, which we run here at SMEC. So what we're going to do is get, let's say, uh, you know, the team from Australian Table Grapes, uh, maybe, you know, 10 or 20 of their farmers. And there's a four hour education session talking about culture and how people's cultures are different and how you know you can best connect with people so we're really trying to just get farmers to have a think that the really important people in their world are these seasonal workers and if they understand some cultural elements of their workers they'll connect better with them there'll be better productivity everyone will be happier and you know hopefully life sort of goes on and is positive. Corey how do people find out more if they want to get involved with the program? So we obviously have a website, so which is uh, www.smec, which is smecc.org.au. It has some amazing information on it. There's actually a section in there that just you can click on to say, I want to be involved. It's quite a simple way. You can send your details through and we'll reach out to you. You know, we're a 43-year-old organisation now, as it began in 1979. So we're not new, but we're certainly becoming well-known. We were just contacted by somebody living in Malaysia that said, hey, I'm coming to Australia. My friends told me your organisation is fantastic. When I get there, can I come and meet one of you guys? 
we've skipped over to you know Southeast Asia and we're having people contacting us because they're going to come move to Australia to work. So that to me shows that the pastoral care project has done amazing things. Among Corey Idale's team of pastoral workers is Viliami Vaya. In the 90s, Vili came to Australia as a 21-year-old and since then has spent many years as a seasonal worker. He's experienced the difficulties they all face and he views his new job as a chance to give back to the community. My role is, is to work with the, uh, the seasonal worker that comes in the seasonal worker program from the island, from the Pacific Islanders. Well, we have three priorities that we have to take care of. Make sure that they are COVID safe in their working place, COVID safe in transportation, and COVID safe in their accommodation. So what I do every day is visit where they work at and observe whatever I can observe in their workplace. Is there something that needs to be taken care of, like if it's overcrowded in the accommodation? And I also uh, translated a lot of uh, uh, flyers in, in regard to COVID safety and pass it on to these people in their working place and also where they live. I work with other families as well, individual families, but my target is to work with the seasonal workers that are here because of COVID-19 and make sure that they are well taken care of. Vili, it sounds like a challenging but also very rewarding role. To help the community, you have to, to look at it from all different aspects. And working with these seasonal workers, a lot of time they are facing trials while stuck in here because of COVID-19. And a lot of things take their focus away from the real purpose of why they're here because uh, they miss their families a lot. So I uh, witnessed uh, several problems that happened within the seasonal workers. Some of them turned to alcohol, gambling, even drugs. I guess just to take their mind off from being away from them because most of them they have young families at home at the island. And because of how many years they've been uh, here in the seasonal work program and never have the opportunity to return, and I'm glad that it start opening up the border now. And, and I, I saw a few of those workers going back and enjoy with their families. But these are the problems that they were facing while they were here in the last two and a half years. So I organized activities because I saw a lot of them. They can sing, they can play guitar or play instrument. So I figured if I organize a choir or something so they can come in and contribute their talent instead of turning to drugs and turning to alcohol and gambling maybe they will come and contribute their talent into doing this with the community as a whole and right now i'm running this choir and heaps of them showed up and we even have the opportunity called to sing at some function in the council or also churches as well that's where i get out of it Billy, it sounds like a lot of seasonal workers benefit from your care and attention as a pastoral care worker. Viliami Vaya, may that long continue and thank you for joining us for this AgVic Talk podcast. I'm glad that you want to talk to me today. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. 
all information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.